0: Evening, everybody. Good evening. Okay, um, let's just say a word of prayer. Um, Heavenly Father, we've come again today to share your word to learn from one another and to listen to what you have for us, Lord. We pray, I pray, Lord, that um even as we interact, Lord, may you put in your words in us so that we understand and um learn what you want us to learn today in jesus name amen amen um so the topic for today is uh, why should i ch- join a church i believe we all have our local assemblies that we attend and um so what comes to your mind? Sorry, it's going to be as interactive as possible. Like it's going to be very, it's going to be an interactive session. And um, I would uh, I would like it if everyone should um, impute, even, even even if it's as little as God is love. So what comes to your mind when you hear the word church? Anybody?
1: You can unmute yourself if you want to contribute. You don't have to raise your hand or anything. Just go for it.
2: For me, I think it's basically just sharing the word of God and helping each other understand the word of God better.
0: Okay. Thank you for the contribution. Anyone else?
3: Catherine of God's family.
0: Thank you very much.
3: Life together.
0: Someone said the church is the body of Christ. yes. okay, so um first of all, when we hear the word church, um we are the church, you are church. I am church. We are all church <laughs> That English is for the Bible refers refers to us as the church, yeah
2: mm-hmm.
0: so, We are the church of God, okay? And um, Christ calls the church his bride. And we are the bride of Christ. So we are the church. And um, you can also say that the church is is the assembly of believers in Jesus Christ Mm. who worship, fellowship, disciple, do ministry and missions together. So um, when we talk about church, the key word should be gathering, um, assembly, Um, togetherness. That is what should come to your mind when you talk about, when you you hear the word church. Um, um, So the the word church comes from um, a Greek word, ecclesia, uh, which means um, gathering, or assembly. So church simply means the gathering of brethren, the gathering of Christ-like people, the gathering of Christians. So it's not just it's because it's church, you can't just call it a gathering. So you can just you can't you can't say it's a gathering of maybe drunkards, sorry, uh, gathering of teachers. So because it's called a church, it's actually the gathering of Christians. So that's what a church is. So um, some people say it's um, where we worship God, where we where we gather. So church is not a where. Right. So church is not the place you gather to worship God or where you fellowship with your fellow Christians. So um, the building, It just facilitates the fellowshipping. Um, It facilitates the worshiping. It facilitates the ministry. It facilitates the missions. Um, Do you all understand?
4: Yes.
0: Thank you very much. And um, moving forward, um, the church is an institution that is called to worship. So our main, our the main, the main thing, the main business in the church is to worship, to worship God. So the main business for us being in a church, I'm not talking about the building, being in a church, being in a gathering, is to worship God with our fellow believers. So um, and church is formed on the earth. Yeah, this is where the church exists on earth. And the members are those who God has called for a vocation to be his people and to be as holy as he is. So just the same way we have our normal businesses, we work and at the end we get our salaries and everything. So we are working for God here on earth. So it's a vocation, it's, like, it's, an, it's, it's, it's more like an occupation here on it. That's our business here on it to be in a church, to work in a church. So, um So, why do you think it's important that we should join a church? Anybody? Praise God. Hallelujah.
4: We can I confirm you can hear me well?
1: Yes, we can hear you well, sir.
4: And why we should join a church is exactly the same reason why we should have a family here on earth so that we can be nurtured, we can be fed, and we can also be taught to grow up majority.
0: Thank you very much. Are you done? Yes, my God. Thank you very much. Um any other person? Uh,
5: it's to save us from isolation.
6: Because oh, sometimes
5: because we don't see God,
2: mm-hmm. it's
5: easy to think your knowledge about God is the best one ever. But mm-hmm. church affords us the ability to see how other people view, view God and then helps us to address our excesses.
0: Thank you very much, Sistana. Um, any other contribution? If I continue.
3: Yes, please. Okay. Um, someone said something in church, I think, or was the pastor of my church. He said, um, it's not okay that people are not coming to church. I mean, to the physical church now. And he mentioned something that um, struck um, stuck with me, which is it is in church that, or one of the places where our character is built up is in church. So somebody might say something to me that I don't like in church. And, you know, I won't be able to, not because I can't, but, um, Basically in church you learn even if the person steps on your toes, you need to forgive so it's like that's where you learn those things such that when it happens outside, you know how best to react.
0: Thank you very much. Um, Okay, Um, thank you very much for the contributions. um Okay, so um, when Christ redeems an individual, he places the person in a group, yeah? Um, And he calls the group his own body, okay? So when Christ redeems an individual, he doesn't just leave the person. Um, He places the person in a church, like a gathering, of fellow believers, people that have been in the journey before him. Now, before the, um, Now, Christ doesn't ever leave such individual in isolation, okay? So the question is, um, how can you say you love God and hate his body? So this is for people that say, I want to worship, I want to be on my own. I don't need people's, um, I don't need to be around people. I don't need to be around people in the church. I don't need to go to church. I can wake up in the morning, read my Bible, talk to God, and then do the normal business of the day. So um, why don't you want to be with the people, people of God, why? But you say you love God. So why don't you want to relate with God's people when you love God? So it see it's contradictory. You can't love God and not love His people. You can't love God and stay in isolation, like don't mingle with people that they're um, um Christians are hypocrites, Christians are these pastors and this So it see it doesn't work that way. So you need to identify yourself in a church. Um. So you can't be absent in um, in your in the, in the garden of your fellow be- brethren. You can't just absent yourself from them. Um, you need to enjoy the company of God's people because they are the family of God. So, because after a baby is born, um, if you simply set the baby on a table in the delivery room and then just leave the baby, without giving the baby any nourishment or any care, the baby will die. So that's what it is. When God um, redeems you as you're a baby, God can't just leave you. You said you can't even leave yourself because you're still a baby. You will die. Let's just be clear. Uh So, I mean, you'll die spiritually, not physically. So another scenario is, um, imagine you want to prepare a charcoal grill you want to do your barbecue, yeah. a beautiful summer. You want to do your barbecue. And then um, you light the coal and they begin to burn. Obviously, if you place your, the rack of your chicken and of whatever animal you're using, it's going to grill, right? Now, imagine as it's grilling, yeah, maybe you just bring out just one charcoal and set aside that charcoal is useless that charcoal cannot grill anything what will happen is gets cold and gets useless so that's what it means that's what that's what happens when you try to distance yourself when you try to isolate yourself from your fellow brethren you're not going to achieve anything spiritually your life self you can't even compare yourself with people that fellowship together you won't win battles you know so um That's it. So um, the Bible advises that we should um, we should not forsake the guardian of brethren. So um, Hebrews chapter ten verse twenty five. Let me just read out this um, this passage of the Bible. Yes, please. Hebrews ten verse twenty five.
4: Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together. As the manner of some is, but exhausting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching.
0: Thank you very much. Some translations will say, Do not forsake the gathering of brethren. So, even the Bible instructs that we don't isolate ourselves from our fellow brethren. So, the church is the body of Christ, and for a body to be, it has to consist of different parts. And for a body to be completely okay, the parts have to be functional. So, the parts of the body make up a body, yeah. And um, if if you give the eye, if you, if the eye is not functional, the body will not be able to walk, like can't direct itself, like when moving, yeah. Like you can't, not like you can't walk with your toilets, but you can't see where you're going to, you can't see things. And so there's going to be a let's say a, a dysfunctional system on the body. So the body is not complete. Yeah. Um when you when, when when someone is um um when someone is deaf when the ear is not functional the person can the body cannot hear. When the um, the mouths can't talk, the body. You understand. Yeah. So uh, what is handicapped? So some so someone who said you can actually do sign languages with your hands and everything. In my dialect, you say, Afrao keme, emeka So what it simply means in English is um, what does it mean in English? If you if, if you don't. Uh,
4: you don't have a uh, No, no. Of so any it's way. You uh, just great anyway.
0: Okay. So when the desired is not available, yeah, the yeah. available becomes desired. Yes. Yeah. So um, when you can't, you, you not. Know, the, the normal function of the mouth is to talk to pass information. You understand? Yeah. But when the mouth cannot talk, you, so just for someone that will say, hey, people do sign language." So, so the mouth is actually for speaking to people and to pass out information. So um. Sorry
2: about
0: that. So we. It is Go on, Titi.
6: Thank you. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> okay. My question is, if for okay, for example, the normal church, I don't know if some people are made to feel like they've got a warehouse of of eyes. So if you as the eye of the church, for example, Mm -hmm. is not performing your duties, like I feel like some Christians feel like they are very replaceable and they won't be missed if they leave. So coming into the body as one and feeling as if, oh, we are one, we do this together. And I feel that's why it's easy for some people to leave because they don't understand or not even join in the first place, they don't understand how valuable they are to that body. So then they're not as attached so, because they know that if I leave, you people will be fine. And nobody really cares. for them. And that's why the fellowship part is more than just showing up to church on Sunday. Like, okay, we've all, we all have, sorry, I'll try to, I'll try to keep, we all have accomplishments and things. But personally, the most of you that I feel is when I'm in church. And all of these accolades and degrees and things don't matter when I'm in church. Because that service thing, understanding that, Nobody needs to sound in our ears that we are vital, vital. I just want to put it to you that okay, um, is when you said that okay, if if for example the eye is not functioning or the mouth isn't functioning, oh. uh, they results do, do they re- really result to sign language or do they cut out that mouth and tele-tape another mouth because there's a repository of mouths to oh. undo the job? Thank you. Oh. Okay. Um. <clears throat> um. First
0: Corinthians, chapter twelve. Okay. Yep.
4: One, two, five.
6: What verse are you looking for, Nito? Um, I've seen it.
0: The Varieties of the Spiritual Gifts. Okay. OK. So it says, um, for example, the spirit gives to one the gifts of the word of wisdom. Mm. To another, the same spirit gives the word of the word of revelation, knowledge. And to another, the same spirit gives the gifts of faith, and to another, the same Spirit gives the gifts of healing. And to another, the power to work miracles. And to another, the gifts of prophecy. And to another, the gift to discern what the Spirit is speaking. And to another, the gifts of speaking different kinds of tongues. And um, to another, the gifts of, interpretations of interpretation of tongues. And then uh, remember, it is the same Holy Spirit who distributes, activates, and operates these different gifts as it chooses for each believer.
7: Uh-huh
0: the holy spirit will replace that eye or that mouth that left huh?
6: Start <laughs> yeah i think i understand there, another passage that always comes to my mind is if one eye isn't working or something cut it off or you're not the sinful part where something <laughs> is to sin, yeah. but actually a part of the body if one i don't know if pastor can help us with that if one amongst you is i don't know
5: yeah, it's part of that verse later was reading. First Corinthians 12 21. Oh, it says, and the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, No, can the head say to the feet, I have no need of you. Is that what you're saying? Or to no, it no, but
6: that one actually, it's it's relevant. Thank you, it's very relevant. But that was the one I was saying is, I don't know. I'm probably daydreaming at this point. The one about, like you said now, NATO's response is, is you're, you're replaceable. But Anu's response, to, even in the same chapter, is that nobody can tell one person, the other person is not functional.
2: Do you mm-hmm.
6: understand? I, but then at the end of the day, how then do we still work in synergy without um, And how do we make it not so easy for us to let go? Even the want to discipline people for what they've done, all sorts of things, like the leaders of the church and things like, how do you make this person, like the way Jesus, I always look unto Jesus, because mm-hmm. nobody can compare to him, and the way we leave 99 sheep to go and look for one, I don't see that um, shown in a lot of churches today, they will, they have 99, they are fine, they will survive without that one, but I don't know, maybe that one needs to like raise hand and show interest, or how far do we fight for people that were once in our body of or- yeah. Um, Thank
4: you. Can I say something? Yes, sir. And um, my my input is that one, you're not Jesus. There's there's a place of Jesus in. A, it's just like you're preaching to somebody, and sorry, hold on, please. Okay. It's just like you're like you're preaching to someone, and then you're trying to. Uh, you're respecting the person as well, to yeah, you're, you're preaching and you still want to do this job of the Holy Spirit, you know, in convincing Now, when I mean you're not Jesus, it's not that we shouldn't make Jesus as our role model, but I think uh, in the book of Romans, there's a place that Paul addressed some of these I and mean, in some other letters is Now, we, I, we wouldn't um, leave one the 99 and go after the one, but that doesn't mean with this. But I think there's a place he said that if um, a brother is, is is if you're having problem with a brother, call another person. And then if the brother still doesn't work, mm-hmm. call the third person. If the third person does not work, say that fix that person. That was the first. He said quarantine the person out of the body. Mm-hmm. He did not say you should start pleading with the mm-hmm. person and then He said quarantine the person out of the body I, I i can't remember the days i saw something like that so in as much as you want to be like christ and like jesus at some point you still need to the, when you say that if your eye left eye is causing you to sing cut it off it's not like you're trying to be cutting people off for your personal these are people that want to contaminate the body ah oh, there's somewhere i read this morning i think first corinthians chapter one i could be wrong anyway where it says or maybe i saw a post i can't remember what i said but when a spoils fruit is mixed with uh, fruits ones, that yeah. are good uh-huh. the next thing is that those fruits a spoil fruit so when we have uh, a brethren that is contaminating the body the best thing is to eat up and find the person. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if the person does not want to change. And finally, there's also a place where it said if you cast out the evil spirit and the person goes and hugs the evil spirit again and come back, you cast away the evil spirit. The person still goes and to back to the evil spirit and if you still cast away the evil spirit. they said that you should, if the person goes again, send both him and the evil spirit away. So if somebody has to contaminate you as a body or contaminate the body, the best thing is to stay away from it. If you bring it naturally, if you know something that will injure your eyes because um, and you know somebody else that does that same thing and doesn't see that as a danger, you don't have to go and do that and do your right eyes at least. You do what you avoid those things. It's not like you're, you're hitting on those things, you're just avoiding those things, you know? Thank you,
2: happy. I think that's what I'm working at. Yeah, removing the yeast. Thank you. Sister City, are we good? We're good. Sorry. We're good.
0: Okay. Um, so back to where I was. So we all have um a part to play in promoting the health and growth of the body. And um If you decide not to gather with brethren, then you're trying to bring disorganization and you're trying to make the body of Christ handicapped. Now, um, I'm going to be talking about why the church exists. So the church exists for different purposes. Um, The church exists to preach the gospel and to make disciples of all nations. Mm, this is like the um, the Great Commission that Christ gave to the church. So we need to go out and make disciples of all nations. So 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 that's why the, that's one of the reasons why the church exists to preach the gospel and to make disciples of all nations. And then um, the church exists to edify believers, to build up um, believers in their spiritual lives. Hmm when there is a baby in 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 christ so when the baby in christ comes into the church um the 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 stronger ones the adults in christ would help to build up the baby's spiritual growth so when you listen to the pastor preach you you build up your um spiritual life and all of that so um just like most of the books of the new testament you are written for the edification of believers. When letters were being sent to churches to be read and then studied for their spiritual growth and development. Um, One of the main reasons again is because um, that the church exists to glorify God, to worship God. And um, another thing is um, the church exists to obey the ordinances that God has given which are the baptism of believers and the loss of us? So, the baptism is done in the church, um, it's done by church members, and you break bread together with your fellow believers. And um, the church exists to teach believers the ways of God. So, um, God instructed that we should feed the flock, and um, God wants us to pass our Bible knowledge on to others. So you're feeding the flock by passing your knowledge of the Bible to others. And then the church exists to promote fellowship for believers. So uh, like I said, fellowship fellowship in church. So they are like synonymous with fellowship in the church. So um, God designed people to fellowship with one another and not to be isolated. So the responsibilities of Christian fellowship are to bear one another's bodies, to comfort and exhort one another. Um, when someone has a problem, the person shouldn't go um, too far. The person should come to the church. The church should be able to solve the person's needs, to comfort the person when the person is hurting, and to um, exalt, that's to encourage people and um to edify one another to pray for one another to forgive one another to rebuke sins like um for instance if you if you find yourself in a state that you don't even know where you're going like you don't even know anybody you don't even know any place there as a christian your mind should take you to the church you should tell yourself that you're going to be safe in the church. And when you come to the church and you, I, you identify yourself as a Christian, it's it, you, they, they treat you like your family. I don't, it depends on the church anyway, but that's what it's supposed to be. That's, that's just basically what it's supposed to be. When like, you're, you're coming to your family like you came from a long distance and then you just came into your family and all of that, so they should treat you as family, even though they don't even know you. But for the fact that you mentioned that you're a Christian, that you're one of them, um, they should treat you as family. Um, so how do I know the church to join?
1: Before you go into that, um, Neto, there's a question on the chat from Hap. She's asking additional questions to the previous question. How do we classify Jesus's hacks in John 6, 66-67, whereby some brethren intentionally left him and Jesus did not go after them? Um, just kind of throwing a spanner into the former discourse that's sitting um, based.
2: Okay, we'll pass
6: over to you.
1: <laughs> if I could just um, share some thoughts generally, I mean, based on both the previous question and this, um, I, I think part of what we are trying to tease out is one the fact that every member of the church is significant, you are precious, you are a precious, valuable member of the church. And when we say the church, we are talking of the big C church to use Ephesians language when she talked about what is the church, the global church, the body of Christ that everybody is a part of. If you're a part of God's body, it means that you have been saved, you have been redeemed. It means that you have taken that precious price that was paid for your life, for your soul, as it were. And that in itself shows that we are valuable. For God's all of the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's the highest price God could give. And he gave him ever so freely as an assurance that if he could give him, then he can give us any other thing. Um, So we are all valuable. But at the same time, uh, there's also the issue of replaceability in terms of, you know, some people do things and they start feeling like I'm so valuable, I cannot be done without, or um, I'm so valuable, I'm irreplaceable in that sense. Uh, In which that wouldn't be a proper Christian mindset. We serve with the understanding that it's a privilege, actually, to serve God. And so whatever it is that we are doing, we are doing it knowing that it is not us that is doing it. Whatever thing we do, it's a gift. And I mean, Paul was writing to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 4, 7, asking them, what is it that you have that you have not received? And if you have received it, then why do you act as if you have not received it? So someone that is feeling like I'm so special, I'm so valuable in the body of Christ, but I am irreplaceable that person is beginning to get something twisted, because really, it's not about you. It's always, always, and ever shall be about Christ. It's the body of Christ, not the body of you. And so whatever you do is just a privilege in that sense. So yes, we are preciously, infinitely valuable, but we are not irreplaceable in the context of a local church. So if you walk out of a parish of Redeemed Christian Church of God, for instance, whatever it is that you were doing there will not remain undone forever. God will find many other people that will do it better than you in that sense. Um, and then uh, in the context of what Appy is asking here, actually in this case, the church has not been instituted. The church did not start really and officially until the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured forth. So what happened there when Jesus preached a tough message, preaching the gospel of the kingdom actually, and some people chose to refuse him. That was their choice. And they left because they were like, all these things are hard things. And then Jesus come to the disciples and say, will you also follow them? Will you also leave? And Peter said unto whom shall we go, knowing that you have the word of life. So basically uh, all of these things that happened in the gospels, if we are placing it chronologically, it's not yet about the church. It's even on to the story of how the church will begin. And then many of all these parables and metaphors and messages, they are preparing our minds to help us to see how the relationship between God and the son and the relationship between the son and the church would look like, which will come into full effect from Acts chapter two going forward. So really um, you will preach to people today that would not receive your message that doesn't mean that you have to continue to pester them if you pester someone too much especially in this past part of the world they can sue you for insubordination <laughs> or something like that until know can bail me out in that regard but the point is you are not the holy spirit the work of salvation is not you don't win souls by yourself you preach the gospel the holy spirit does the work and if the holy spirit has not I so desired not to do it at the time that you are speaking, go your way and thank the Lord. The fact is a seed has been sown that will become something that would that someone else will leverage upon on the day that eventually the spirit will bat that soul into the kingdom of God. So the whole issue of going after the one or leaving the 99 and all of that, I mean, there are so very many contextual ways to look at it, but the understanding that comes down practically and apiclatively to us is that we are part of the church. And as much as it lies in our power, we want to do our best to make sure that those that we are touching together, those we are members of the body of Christ together, we want to do our best to, to, to be of support to one another. And if someone is falling down, that's why two are better than one, and a cord of three strands is not easily broken.
5: So, yeah,
1: that would be my question. Oh, sister, thank you, you. can sue you for harassment, not
6: harassment. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Pastor, for that. Later, I just want to ask something to up his question. From what Pastor said, you know, we've been teaching us in church: postscript and prescript. I know that one is wrong. Postscript. <laughs>
5: Pretest, context, context, Yeah,
6: A one plus plus students. <laughs> That's it. So once once I saw the sixty two to sixty seven, what I did was I first time. 65 to 68, I type 60 to 68, so I just read the whole thing, and those was actually, Jesus knew, we already knew that they didn't really believe, that one is just, I just want to elaborate on what Pastor said, yeah.
2: the, the
6: context for this one is false believers, you know, some people would be testing with questions as if, you know, for you to please them, and yeah, and Jesus knew, and he stood his ground, and they left, and like Pastor said, maybe they will come back, maybe they will not come back, we are not good. we don't know yet, so that one is different, and thank you, Pastor, for clarifying that, because, It's not just feeling um, inclusive as if, oh, you're the most paramount in these things, so you're not replaceable. But I feel like if the spirit is true in us and our motives for being a member of a church is pure in the first place, people, it would be hard to be displaced of that place, except you go to another Bible-believing place and whatever that means, and just, you understand, like trust God to continue his work in you without feeling isolated. One person I always look at is um, Thomas. When Jesus resurrected and it wasn't with the um, other disciples and it was like until I see him and put my hands on his fingers I won't believe you know like sometimes God might not want to come to you personally or whatever and he wants to appear to the brethren and I give a general message if you're not in the right association and the right community at that time you might miss out on it doesn't mean you miss out on it forever but as soon as we can just mingle with people that are like-minded and it's not just about you being strengthened you, God might need you to strengthen somebody else.
1: And that's what I feel. Thank you.
6: Sorry, sis,
5: Neto. Um, I just wanted to say, it's just, mine is just curiosity. I've always wondered how people can leave church. Like It seems like a bold move. And I think for us women, maybe majority of us, we don't get to choose our churches anyways. We get married into our husband's uh, church. And I thought that was actually, I thought it was mean. To be honest, especially because, as far as I struggle with my church, I wanted a church where I have like minds and we can talk about the Bible and have lively discussion without anybody getting personal and things. But then I, then I felt cheated like, how can God make me come to my husband's church? And he said to me, Well, how can I not? If he had placed me where there are lots of anus, imagine me, my hair would have grown bigger than this. Imagine two Anus, I'll be five Anus in the same church. There won't be, there there be quietness or calmness, there will be chaos and everything. So I think in his own way, he's actually right. He places us where he wants to, where he wants us to be, as 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 we need it. We might not see it. Obviously, I didn't see it three years ago, five years ago, but now I'm seeing it. There's just something about our church that works something in us, no matter how ill-suited we think they are. If, 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 if we think our churches at the moment, are, we're not suited to them, then there's something in us, there's, there's a fruit of the spirit that we are lacking because anywhere we are, and it's the body of Christ, we should be complacent, not complacent, we should be submissive and enjoy God in the church rather than the people you, you see. Yeah, I just thought to add that. Thank you.
6: Thank you, sister
0: Um. So the next question is, how do I know the church to
1: join? i sorry, before you go on, I'm sorry for, I, I'm just wondering if there's any of us on the, on the discussion tonight that has had to, maybe relocated to somewhere else and you've had to actually ask yourself this question, uh, okay, which church should I join? I've always been a part of the church, and now I find myself in a place where I really need to ask myself, which church should I join? If there's someone like that, I would like to know how you eventually made that decision, how you came to choose a church to join. Or to, yeah, yeah, I'll
4: share
0: mine because of the study, so.
1: Yeah, go on. Leto, did you say you want to share yours?
0: I said in the course of the study, yes. I said I'm going to. Oh, reach, I'm, okay,
1: okay, go on. Sorry,
0: I'm just waiting it to see if there's anyone that wants to share his or hers.
1: Okay, okay, Lydia, you were muted before. I don't know whether you wanted to say something.
0: No, not at all. All
1: right, all right.
4: I'll just go ahead. Go on, Lydia. Um,
0: so, um, so there are questions to ask. Mm. Um, so these are just practical questions and they're practical steps. So it's, um, so you ask yourself what denomination should I join? Mm. Um, do you want to continue your family's denomination or do you want to test a different, do you want to join something different from what you're used to? Mm. Yeah. So, um, you can ask that question. And then you ask yourself, what do I believe? Um, you check their doctrine, is it in line with what, what is in the scriptures? Is it in line with what I believe and what I know that are in the scriptures? And then you, another um, thing again, is quite, it's quite, it's a little bit funny, Dobo. So what kind of worship do these people have? Like um, how best do I connect to God? So some churches, um, they sing hymns, some sing contemporary um, worship songs,
3: yes,
0: um, some do rock rock music and hey, you know. <laughs> well, some do um, the orchestras. So w- which one do you think connects you to God best? Is it when they play the rock, your spirit moves on? or if they sing hymns, you just come down, you know, uh, to start to see. Uh-huh. So, you know, so um, you just ask this question so that you'll be able to know where you place yourself in. And then what ministries and programs does this church have? Like, what's their ministry like? Are there people that, are, is, there, is, there, is, is, is there priority like to, to so bring up young, for example, young um, gospel musicians. Or will you say, maybe, do they go to visit the sick once in a week? If it's something in line with what your ministry is, then fine. Do you want a small group or a large group? You know, some of our um, Catholics, Anglican churches is, is normally a large group of people that come to worship there or the normal small group that you know that you know yourselves you can relate better with yourself and all of that now all these are good but these are just practical steps yeah Mm -hmm. but i would strongly advise you pray and ask the holy spirit because sometimes if you Go through this if you start thinking of this if you use these practical steps to choose a church sometimes you, you, it, it might you, you, you could get it the wrong way mm. yeah it could it, it could it might not be where god wants you to be mm. so it's very important to pray and ask the holy spirit to do the placement for you to take you to where he wants you to be to take you where your destiny is going to be fulfilled. What he wants you to do on earth, he's the best person that can put you there. You can't do it on your own intelligence or your own wisdom, these people that play this kind of music, all of that. It's just the Holy Spirit, he's the best person, he's the one that knows where, where best to place you. So now to share my story, sorry, okay, Kingsley. After what...
7: your I your story, please?
0: After Doctor uh-uh. Henry had,
5: had held his hand up earlier,
0: okay, Doctor Harry.
7: Um, sorry, I was gonna ask a question, but um, I don't think the question is too relevant. But I'm just gonna say, like, um, what if, say, for instance, I love the worship in Koza, but I love the preaching in Minas chapter, and I love the <laughs> well, the way of uh, <laughs> packaging in other churches. Can you pick like different things or different elements from different
4: churches and, oh
0: yeah yeah so you just ask the holy spirit to guide you yeah. to put you
1: there where I he wants to also flag about that kind of mindset really is if we are not careful we'll slide into making your choice of church about you when again like i said from the beginning it's all about christ uh-huh very many people leave churches for selfish reasons. They might not think it is actually selfish, but at the end of the day, it's about, I can't stand X, Y, Z. I can't, I can't, I can't. But can God, can Christ in you stand? Can the Holy Spirit in you tolerate it? Can the Holy Spirit in you allow you to continue to you know be a part of that expression? So. And thank God for podcasts, thank God for YouTube, thank God for live streams. If there is is something you need to catch up on in X, Y, Z, church, you can still do that after you've been faithfully, um, been a faithful member rather of whatever local expression of church the Holy Spirit has led you to join. So, I mean, that would just be one other way to think about it. Now there are many hands that are going up, Kingsley and Lydia, and Neto wants to share her story. Maybe we should hear Neto's story first and then come to Kingsley. I don't
0: mind I Don't mind waiting for them.
1: Okay, so Kingsley, over to you. Dr. K, are you able to
3: speak?
1: Okay, Lydia.
2: All
8: right. Um, what I just wanted to say is, is it wrong um for you to be in a church and not be satisfied to some extent? Just as um you said earlier that of course some people live for some selfish reasons. Um, does it mean being in a church you have to have to agree hundred percent? Everything just has to um every you just have to just agree anyways with everything because um talking personally just like um, mommy i know mentioned the other time i i somehow feel like that in most cases like oh my goodness i really wish i'm not in this church because there are some things you just don't agree with like this is the way they see it, but i don't think this is the way it is so i'm asking does it mean um when you are in a church, you have to just agree with everything there, even though you don't want to leave.
1: That's a very beautiful
8: question. I'm very practical.
7: Can I can I can I answer that? Is that okay?
1: Yes, you can, and then okay. See, that's who I think wants to say something to that. Go ahead. Okay.
7: I would uh, I would answer that, but I have a question for Sister Neto. And that question is: um, we talked about the church to be a gathering of people and persons. Now, I come to Liverpool. There is no um, Dunamis in Liverpool and I decide to just be worshipping online in Dunamis. And they said forget not the believer, uh, the gathering of believers. So worshipping online, should I still classify myself as uh, a church? So like people say, I've got an online church. You know, I don't need to join any physical church. Or should I have to come to a physical church? So that's my question. Now, to Um, And answer the question is I'll give I see the church as a family and that what do I mean a spiritual family and what do I mean by that the Holy Spirit plants us into our church. Now, um, I when the Holy Spirit plants you into a church and then you have an issue with uh, Sister Titi. Now, uh, my brother is here, uh, Henry. Sometimes in a family that I have a problem with Henry does not mean that I'll say that I'm no more answering my father's name. And then I'll leave my father and then come and maybe come and answer or loud or something. And uh, ask Pastor Joseph if I can be in their own house. If I come into Pastor Joseph's house, I'll still probably have problem with somebody there. And then I'll leave that house and then go to another house. Yeah. So if we have understanding, you will see that when you're in a church, it is a family, and it is a family of unperfect people. You say that we are uh, we are stones, builders, you know, something like that, building or whatever, and for us to have a, a, a spiritual house, I can't remember exactly what I'm trying to quote, but for us to have a spiritual house, if you bring a brick, some bricks are not the same size with another one, and what do we do? We use hammer or something to cut it off. So this time of cutting off may be the time when you Uh, you're you're offended, or maybe the time you came to sweep the church and nobody came, it could be God trying to teach you how to do what, to manage people and how to do those things. And then I think Sister Nito has an answer to the question I'm seeing now. So I'll leave her to answer that. But what I'm trying to say is that that you are being offended. Don't be part of the many that God says that their love will go cold because of offense. Offense or disagreement should not be uh, should not be a reason why you should leave a church because in a family you don't leave your family because of offense or disagreement so God's family should also be nurtured and another thing that most of us were giving uh, what's it called most of us gave our life to Christ and have different growth so the level of growth that I have is different from what my son David has is different from what every other person has so we need to understand that as well and you understand that we have different levels of growth then it will help you to see when somebody is exhibiting something you'll be like oh i understand the level you are looking at this for and then you drag, drag the person and not trying to impose sometimes when you say you don't agree with somebody it's just because you want to impose our idea on people and people have refused to see our idea from the way it is and then you are trying to get angry now you start asking yourself questions pastor said I should sing in the choir, and then that morning, pastor refused me to sing in the choir, and then he chose somebody else, and then the next thing is, oh, pastor is now doing click and everything. Do you want to sing that song because of you want to catch one brother or you want to advertise yourself? Or are you singing it because of the glory of God? And I'll end with this. Paul said that whether they preach out of their own selfishness or whether they preach because of the sincerity of God, the most important thing is that jesus is being glorified so we need to come to that point where we know that it is about jesus and it's all about jesus just like pastor joseph said so if i have to disagree if i have to come down and and bring down my ego for just jesus to be glorified that's fine but there are some things that will make you leave a job i'll leave it for the facilitator to do that thank you
0: no pastor Neto, please so um you asked the question you want to join online church can you fellowship online Abby? Yeah. Um, if you tell yourself the truth yeah there's a different feeling of when you fellowship physically with your fellow brethren than when you fellowship online tell yourself the truth most times you get distracted online that's where you want to you when you're using your phone to 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 to, um, to to watch a service going an ongoing service, and then a message pops up. You'll be like, let me just check. Let me just shop sharp. I'll just come back. You see, there's distraction. And I saw something very beautiful on the very beautiful write-up on our chat. She said, How do you want to join a department to work in the, in, in God's vineyard? Will you do it online? Will you see, you know? So um. Is that it? what is fellowship? So um yes, it's it, it's not bad, yeah, to so fellowship online. It's <laughs> online ushers. <laughs> it's not bad to fellowship online, yeah. But there's a different grace, there's a different atmosphere you feel. There's a different, the, 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 um, prayers are even answered faster when you hold hands together, and like an agreement prayer. Yes. So if you want to worship online, fine, no, it's good, but try to fellowship. God said fellowship with your fellow believers. Um, then there was no online. So I believe he was talking about physical fellowshipping with one another. Yes, so. Sister uh, Nito. Sister Nito. Brother Kingsley.
7: Yeah, can I just put, just chip something of just in context as well with my question. um, Your, your answer is very good because. eh?
0: No, continue.
7: Yeah, so the question, your answer is good because when we join maybe those churches, like my brother said, Koza and everything. But like we are now fellowshipping, we're also fellowshipping online as we are in this program now. So um, it's just for us that is talking about. um, uh, I saw something on the chat where they spoke about uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, Joining fellowship uh, departments and all that. So I still feel like when we join those big Shiloh programs and everything, you're joining online, you get very distracted. But when it comes to cell meeting and you agree online, I I still, but this is my personal opinion anyway, I still feel that it's still. A little bit effective but what you talked about distraction is very very real because you be on an online service or online meeting you get a text message or you get a message on a chat the next thing is that you're trying to check that message and then get distracted and those things don't happen on a physical bit. but if you can avoid those distractions as well because i think the feature is more of online and physical as well but the key is having a cell meeting as well so that's why i wanted to chip in but what I asked was based on mega churches, but when you are answering these questions, this one now came to my mind and I just decided to chip in to bring it on to contest as well.
1: Idea oh. of reason, and, uh, but before she talks, can I quickly just say very short stuff to say that, the, in my own opinion, the point is online world is not a real world. Fellowshipping, in the real sense of it, requires life on life relationships. The problem with when we're on lockdown is that we know that that is not normal. And of course, while the technology made it possible for us to still be able to bridge that gap, that is not real life. Real life is not me talking to people on sales screens in, on my computer. When we were having a mass and we're able to meet physically and eat food, I'm able to ask if I have that assignment that you've not finished. I'm able to talk to Titi about something that we've said about before. I can't do that conveniently now, except I'll go the extra effort of still calling everybody individually to catch up on all those things. Doing life together in the real sense of life on life, physical exchange and all that, touching and all that, it's, it goes a long way. And that's what real fellowshiping is, and you can have that online um and so as much as if you're in a scenario where it's literally impossible to have that then yes the second best is to have an online experience and that's understandable but otherwise be in a church where you can be with people that would be my suggestion Sustadiela sorry we kept you hanging for too long yeah
3: my hand is paying
4: me huh? already <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, thank
2: you
3: Sustadiela I think we um, missed, I, I really don't know her name, but I know the sister has the question about about um, should you accept everything? Yeah,
4: Did yeah, yes. Thank you, yeah. Yeah, I think it's, yeah.
3: So, I would like to um, give a response to that based on what I think I know, and that is. I don't think it is okay for us to accept what a church does, Oakline and Center. Mm. The Bible talks about the Berean Christians. As much as it is okay for me to be nourished in church, there is still a place of personal relationship with God. There is a place of what my pastor said or what the man of God said, is it consistent with God's word? Because if we don't do that, then we are opening up ourselves to um, not testing every spirit and stuff like that.
0: Okay, thank you. So, um, I thought I was going Okay, stand now.
5: I'll wait for you to finish. Sorry. I was just going to say that in response to the last point how about she mentioned the birrian christians mm-hmm. they were self studied so being in a church like what lydia asked about however do you have to agree with everything they do does that not have to do with their practice rather than the gospel itself so i know we're dealing with this in church however they're saying there are certain doctrines, there are certain things some churches have taken as doctrines that are not really doctrines. Say, for example, carving of hair, wearing trousers and things like that. They've incorporated it as though it's part of what Jesus would have you do rather than what they have just done over time and it became it became part of their logo. That's so awesome. Lydia, you might want to clarify for us what you meant, but the, the Berian Christians were were. There was just, it's just their personal thing. So, your growth personally does not, does not, does not, does not bar the church. Like, I don't know how to say it. Say, for example, one thing that I struggle with was so, say, for example, how I've been able to cope with things I don't like in church is I've learned, I, I think I listened to a podcast that says that you don't have to respond to everything. So it's not my duty as a Christian to flag up everything that I think is inconsistent. Sometimes I pray about it. Sometimes I pray that God will let somebody else say it or something like that. So there's certain ways that we can work. We can work in a church that we don't totally agree with, but the living part just feels too final for me. I don't know if Lydia wants to clarify exactly what she meant so that we can.
3: Sorry, before she clarifies, I'd like to clarify what I said in response to, I think it was a question we asked, Sistanu. So if, let's use the example you cited, the church says, don't wear this, don't do that, and the likes. Those things had dogmas of that particular church. Mm -hmm. Now, if I have come to understand what God says about those things. I might still be in the church, but then I understand the truth about them. You know, there are some churches that those dogmas, they project it as though if you don't do these things, you're not going to make heaven. So, my understanding of what those things really are would help me to make the right decisions
5: Yeah,
8: that makes yes, I, I agree. All right, can I say something now? Yes, you can. Okay, yes. Um, um from what Momianu said, exactly my point. They are just kind of um doctrines that have been um made doctrines for which Jesus didn't make them to be. And it's just it's just like um, being in a state of, so where do I put my head right now? I, I know I can't accept this, but someone is putting this up to me. And in fact, perhaps someone else is asking me question on it. What should be my position? What should be my stand? Um, it's quite confusing, but I think I picked up something from what she said. I just praying about it and I don't have to respond to everything. I think that was um that was helpful.
6: Sister City. Okay, and thank you. I guess what I just wanted to say was um, for example, me coming here, and everybody knows I'm a Catholic and there's so many things that were unsettling, but so many things made sense. Like the doctrine wearing clashing with the church I found here. I'd actually been to a Catholic church here and it was beautiful, but it was a lot more solemn than the Catholic church in Nigeria. So, but there are just so many factors for the most important thing for me was nothing was clashing with the spirit of God in me. So that was okay. And um, mid last year, God told me to just be quiet. I don't know, and I, I ignored the instruction. I just thought, "See, you're your being emotional about something." And towards maybe October, September-ish, I heard it again, and I was quiet. And not long after then, certain topics came up in church that normally, if I wasn't quiet, <laughs> I would have given fire for fire. <laughs> but you know, I thank God I listened. Until now, I'm still very quiet. Even some of the some people have come to meet me in the uh, behind, you know. Personally, and said, Why are you hiding? Why are you quiet? Why are you? Because they know me. I'm always, me and I know the firecrackers. (laughs) Both of us are gentle now. (laughs) I just heard from God to be quiet. And when it happened, I was like, This was what God was trying to save me from. You know? And honestly, like I'm saying, once you just remove emotions out of it and you don't have to respond to everything, you'll learn, there's some gems you will learn. And me, I always said since I was a child, I don't know why I just came up with that phrase. God doesn't make mistakes when it comes to me. So I'm everywhere I need to be when I need to be there. Yeah, so I just embrace that. I don't fight it too much. And yeah, I think I think that was just what helps me as a Christian. And sometimes I still go for my weekly mass in the Catholic church uh, Sundays. However, but there's no compulsion for oh, God loves us cheerfully giving of ourselves. And if I'm of service someplace, Why not, you know? As long as they're not preaching something contrary to the word of God and the spirit of God in us tells us if we learn to tune our ears to listen. Thank you. you. Okay. um,
0: Okay, so the, the, um, the story I wanted to share was my experience in choosing a church to attend. Um so in 20, 20 in 2018 I think after my service year I traveled to um Uyo um for a lesson that was supposed to last for a year so um for a program rather so when I got there I was confused I'm a I'm a born Catholic. My family is Catholic. I grew up in a Catholic home. Um, but when I when I was in school, towards my final year, I was like I joined um, Dominion City because I liked their kind of praise and worship, their music, their preaching. You know, not like not like I liked it like it, like that, but. I think because of my roommates then, they were like, come, let, you know these Pentecostal people now? Come, let's do this, let's do that. So that was how I found myself in Dominion City. And then during my service year, I continued. So when I got to, um, then sometimes I, I still visit other churches, like I was familiar with House on the Rock. And um, yes, yeah. so when I got to, you, I was, I was placed with these three options. House on the Rock, Catholic Church of the Dominion City. I was confused. For some weeks, I didn't go to church because I didn't know the one to go to. I prayed though, normal prayer, God help me, that I want to, that I would like to go to Catholic Church because I grew up from there. I'm really used to it and I don't want to break out of the faith. Um, House on the Rock is cool. Um, It's very close to where I live. So I won't even have to spend much money because I'm not working. So I I, I don't want something that will make me to spend more than what I have. And then dominion is very far. It's too far, very, very far. I have to go with two different um, transport systems to get to the place. So I'm like, "Ah, that one is even out of the question that it's too far. And then I have to be between um, Catholic Church and um, what's it called, House on the Rock. Catholic Church, I could just walk down and then get to the church. So um, someone invited me to come to Dominion City. I was like, me, I'm not going. I don't know what happened. I went eventually. I wasn't happy with the service. The, I felt the pastor was too dull. The pastor was too quiet. He wasn't shouting, you know. He wasn't <laughs> shouting on the pulpit, like the Dominion City, I'm really used to. So I was like, ah, never again. I'm not coming back here again. And I can't be spending. Thank God. God has already confirmed it. So I got back home next Sunday. Oh, yeah, I'll go to either. I couldn't go. I was like, what was happening? I stepped praying, I, I told God, God, please help me. Like, this is because I don't want to stop going to church. Like, I can't, I can't even stop going to church because I don't even know what my life is like. Like my life then, eh? It was as if it had no direction, to be honest, with, with you guys. I'm just being um vulnerable with you guys now. So I was like, God, I need your help. I, I know I longed, I had the passion, you know, I had the passion to, to serve God. But there was no means. I didn't, I didn't know how to do it, you know? So I kept praying, I told God to help me. I don't know what happened. I found myself again in Dominion City. And that Sunday, it was very obvious. Like, it was so obvious. I knew that this was where God wanted, even though I knew it was like the last of my options. But I knew, I knew this was where God wanted me to be. I was like, shall I obey? And then um, keep going. But what happened at the end of the day, I found out that, that, that thing that I had I had longed for, I got it and more. So, so that's why it's very important to pray to God so that the Holy Spirit would lead you to where you would um fellowship with other brethren because there is something inside of you that you can't even, you can't, you can't um you can't harness it yourself. You have to be in a place to get it out of you. So um I, I, I will not say I'm hundred. I'm not even up to hundred people. but At least I got I I, I I got something out of me from there. Like there are things that I on a, I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine myself doing. I could hear from God. I could I could I could read the Bible. You know, <laughs> I could read the Bible and not like not like hasty. Like I do my morning. I have a relationship with God. This is something that I've been struggling with. I had been struggling with then. But I found out that I still getting those things I wanted. And so that's just what it is. But so, um, that's what you get when you ask the Holy Spirit to guide you mm. to where he wants you to fellowship. Okay. So that's um, any other person? Does anybody want to share? Anybody want to share? Yeah,
5: Sister? yeah I can share. OK. okay. No,
3: sis, go on, sorry, don't mind me. All right, Ma, thank you. Um, so for me, I'll just say, I've always had, um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry about the background noise, I went out. <laughs> um, I've always had, my desire had always been a church where the word of God is undiluted and where prayer is like it must be a praying church and at least the choir should be I don't know but then at least the choir part can be it's a very but the two major things for me is that so when I um relocated to Lagos <coughs> excuse me I Praise to God to order my step. So I went to a particular church it was reading. I used to attend um the apostolic church. Yeah, that's my family church. So I was like, I'm not going to the apostolic church that I wanted to attend, probably with him or something. So I prayed to God to lead me. And then I went to the first one. I didn't really like it based on what had, you know set, or the goal I had set in my mind, which is the word, and so I didn't go back to that church, even though it was, like, still on my list, and then later on, I don't know, somebody just, somebody attends another reading church, not too far from where I stayed, and I just tried that church for once, and the first service I went, there was, you know, this connect, and it wasn't even about the choir, it it was a drama that, you know, the drama team did and I was so blessed I was connected and you know that was how I was able to decide that that was the church that I would um, start attending and uh, that's just it for me. Oh
0: thank you very much. Sister Anu.
5: Thank you. My my background is a bit weird. So we were Christians when we were born we changed to Muslim, then we're taught to go choose whichever one we want. So when when I eventually started going to church again, that was in secondary school. I, I attended my mom's church winners, which which I didn't even have any preference coming from where I was coming from, from Arabic and learning Quran. So I loved it. So then I met our guy and every time every time we talked in nyc he portrays his church like one foreign place like men and women sits separately they cover their head are, their choir wears uniform like i was morbidly fascinated like eh this is possible in this world like coming from winners where choir would just ping in every sunday or heart or like perfect people so every time Color talks about his church i i I guess fascinated to go. And it would have been the opposite. The opposite would have been like, nah, if you're going to attend any church, you should come to Winners. So when when after after NYS and I came back home, the Holy Spirit specifically told me that I have to start going to Colas Church to learn those things he has said. So I was fascinated because I hadn't lived it. But then I went in there and it was real. The choir sits on the hop part when they want to give offering they go out like 10 times dance round so that you that know, you have 100 naira and you put it once people start dancing around you so the next time I came out I to break it to 30 naira so they can be dancing out and dancing out every time when they're giving money it was it was At first, I was still a bit fascinated, but it started to do me one kind, like, nah, I don't think this would do. So I would leave choir seats, because the choir sitting on the pavement, on the up path with the pastors and stuff, and I'll go to the children's department to see that that's my most comfortable zone. I think the children's department in the church actually made me, took It took away the things that, the differences of where I was coming from. I didn't notice the difference because I was in service. And that's what I was going to say to Lydia. Apart from the fact that you should, we don't have to respond to anything. And um, I don't know the second what I said. And to pray. You should also be in service. When you're in service in a church, you won't see things. You won't know offenses. When you're running up and down and carrying this child, and this one is peeing on you, and this one is shouting on top of your voice, you won't notice anything. So basically... And, it, and the funny part is, I think what God is actually doing for us this age is, is placing us, this all of us here with certain skills that we've known God in set in certain ways. It's placing us in, in places that are rough, so to say, so that we can be part of the changes. So imagine how Validia says she has some differences that she can't just reconcile what she's saying. Imagine you starting to be part of things that are going on, Start being part of the process, working with the leaders, chipping in. Like when you when, when you work with the leaders, you see more, you're, you're able to reason with them. It's different when you sit afar and you see what they're doing, but when you're part, when you're married to a pastor and you, and you know the gist of everything <laughs> going on,
2: it,
5: it, there's a way it addresses your concern that makes you feel like that's not a big deal. That, that, and that is where you come to the point of what, what to respond to and what not to respond to. And there are times to respond, to be honest, that we are not called to be, we're not called to be um, to follow like you and like Lydia and Adiola say, that sometimes where you have to take the step to say, this is what I think should be addressed. But then the thing is how we say it. Because I don't know for other people's culture, for Yoruba culture, <laughs> no matter how good your idea is, if you have not sandwiched it with a praise, and another praise, then, this, then you say that you say that idea in a very polite manner, then start with praise, praise, praise. They won't hear you. So, what happens is the Yoruba call it agbe kaleoro. So, it's how you say it. When, when I'm hot, when I'm like H O T, not H U R T, when I'm hot with an idea and I need to say it, there's a way I say it that will make a lot of you just switch off. But then, but then God has given me a partner and the Holy Spirit that is fine-tuning my responses. So my Agbekale, Agekalera Agbe means the way you say something. So now the way I say it, then you you find the leaders nodding to you and saying, okay, things that I would have said in my normal brush way, and they would say, ah, sister no, that's not how to say it. Or they will tell you in a very scriptural way that you shouldn't have said what you said and things. So it's just we are called to be in service. Like Nato said, we are not just ordinary. It's not just to sit and enjoy the service. Diola is a fantastic singer. Hey, Titi, you need to connect to Diola. If she sings, yeah, mm, everyone will come down. She, so her, her certain skill sets, putting it in a certain, God will definitely put in that church to, to make, to add to it. We are always adding to something. My need to be with children, my running away from the choir to be with the children, in my former church helped me to stay, helped me to know that when the woman that came to me to say, ah, sister, why is your lip gloss shining? I'll just tell them, mommy, it's because my boyfriend, no, my, my fiance liked it. So I will, I will, like, service takes your mind off, off, off the normal things you've noticed, the auntie that you greeted I didn't say hello back, or the uncle that looked at you up and down and said, ah, why are you dressing like this? It takes your mind off the petty things and on Jesus. And that's, that's our focus, where each, if we have a church of 50 people and, and 45 of us are vibrant and doing things, then there won't be anything not to like, isn't it? We'll be the influencers rather than being the people that are influenced. And that's where the Berian theory comes, what you last said, Alva, it's from self-study that you know exactly where, where your place is in a church, not even in a church, in school, at work, every part of where, every aspect of our lives, it, the Holy Spirit guides us with the word that we've known. It, it wouldn't guide us with the word that you've not read or the word that you didn't said that you listened to in the sermon. It will guide you from what you have read because as you read, it speaks so that when the situation comes or opportunities come, you will be able to sense, but, ah, this is what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell me. Like Titi said, when they said, be quiet, and now you came, she was able to fix the be quiet of how many months ago to the situation of now. So I just had to add
0: that, thank you. Thank you very much, Samuel. Damola.
2: OK, so yeah, uh, so I can certainly so ask the question about how to leave a church as a uh-huh. good person. I'm not going to answer the question, but then for me, like, I'm just going to talk about the reason why I left a particular church. I mean, there are different reasons people have mentioned why people leave churches. And for me, it was more like, I mean, I just didn't feel welcomed in the church. Okay, so there was church I was attending, and then i had been attending the church. Okay, it was one of my friends that invited me to the church. So we're three Africans in that church with other, yeah, other people. And then, I mean, I was enjoying the church for about six months, no, like four months, and then I enjoyed the praise and worship. The message it was good. And then I just, um, um, of a sudden i just felt like an outcast like it just felt like okay my friends even now left the church to another church and then it just felt like i was now like the only african there and then it just dawned on me that this church is just like it just felt so like it's just like i come to church i go out no one even notices me even when i because for me i don't easily make friends so it's like it's hard to just start interacting with people so i just try to put on a i mean a friendly Yeah, a friendly atmosphere and stuff like that, just to, I mean, so I can get people to interact. So it was really hard. And then I left the church. And then since then, it's been, it's been me and my uh, YouTube channel, I mean, church and all of that. although I attend a particular church, my family, friends, church in the UK, online also anyways. But then I really long to have that, I mean, physical Church, this thing, got really online there's a lot that I, I feel like i'm missing just being online and stuff like that so like okay i found someone and then the person was like he told me about the church i just chatted. he's one of my seniors in school and then he told me because i moved to a new place so i messaged him he told me about a church that he attends here and then i'm like okay maybe i'll go to the church and then i've been postponing this because i feel I think I'm feeling a bit anxious that what if it is the same thing that happens, like I don't feel welcome there and then it's like, maybe I should just try to even attend the church, but then in a way it's like I'm still skeptical, like should I start thinking maybe having a backup plan, like looking for other churches elsewhere, just focus and maybe just try to attend that church, so like confusing for me right now because presently I'm not in any church, it's just online for now and Yeah, I think
0: that's it for now, yeah. All right, thank you very much. But just like I said, um, you just need to pray and ask the Holy Spirit. You can't just leave a church because you don't feel welcomed. What about the things you're going to get from the church? You know, so just pray to God. Try, you can try, you can try, yeah? You can try attending some, but still pray and ask God to direct you. Okay, um, so finally, the most anticipated question, when should I leave a church? Um, because of time, I'm not going to ask any question. I'll just go straight to it and then we'll just wrap up. So the first reason, um, mm, not like there's, there's no there's no sequence, just corruption um when, you've, when you notice that there's corruption going on in the church, um, the pastor is not doing what the pastor is supposed to do. The members are not doing what the members are supposed to be doing. Um, they, the church is just corrupt, there's wickedness, there's corruption in the church. Yes, you can leave the church. Going against the scripture is, is kind of part of the corruption though when you notice that the doctrine of your church is against what the scripture says, um, I think it's also a good, way. What, whenever you're in a church, there's no in line with what the scripture says that the church should do and should not do, yes, you can leave the church. And then finally, with the leading of the Holy Spirit, we you eventually join the church by the practical steps. Because of the music, you joined the church, and then the Holy Spirit said, no, come out of there, go to this other one. That's another reason why you can leave the church. Now, um, do not be too hasty to separate from a particular church. And on the other hand, we must be very careful to tolerate the intolerable. And then um, at this juncture, I off my mic. Thank you. <laughs> Let's put our
1: hands together for me too. <laughs> that
0: was well done, well done, Nita, Well done. Beautiful, beautiful,
4: beautiful <laughs> um,
1: and yeah, I mean, there, there are just so very many dimensions that I think we can continue to pull this towards. But I think that we've gotten the crux of what I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to take away from tonight. It boils down to a few things, in my opinion, um, as we tie it together. The one, first of all, know that you are a part of the church if you are truly gone again, if you have met the Lord, you've received the gift of Christ's finished work. It is an ever so precious Christ. And so you are precious. Romans 8.32, if God would give you Christ, He says, if you know withhold withhold Christ from us, how will we need not with him freely give us all things? In other words, if you are a Christian, there is nothing that is more expensive than your salvation. So there is nothing that you cannot have really as long as it is God's will. There is nothing you can be afraid of asking God, if that makes sense. Like, ah, will God be able to do this one? I still asked for this one last last week. We, we will not be too much of asking no. If he had paid such an expensive price and overpayment for the salvation of not just you, everyone that would receive it, then it shows that you are precious and you are part of something that is big part of something that has survived 2,000 years, part of something that is going to be ever-living. It's actually going to be eternal. The church of God will eventually become the triumphant church that would be perfect, but we are not there yet. So that's the first thing. The second thing is the fact that because the church is made up of people, people of God, albeit, but because it's people, imperfect people, there will be issues. There is no perfect church in that sense, in the sense of, or I should say, there's no perfect local church. The church of God collectively, globally, catholically um, is, and when I say Catholic in that sense, I'm saying universal. Catholic simply means universal actually. So the church of God is Catholic, is apostolic, is global, is holy. Those are the words that were used in the Nicene Creed to describe um, the church. And in that sense, that church is perfect, is holy. God sees it as holy. One of the most contradictory contradictory things I've read in the Bible, and it's not contradictory actually, is 1 Corinthians, the opening of 1 Corinthians. If you if after that, you can check it out, especially from verse 3 to verse 9, thereabouts, when he it says he's writing to this church that is sanctified and holy. And it goes on to describe this beautiful Corinthian church as in if all you read. In Corinthians, it's the first nine verses. You would have thought that's the best church in the world. They lack no spiritual gifts. They are so sanctified. They are this and that and ever looking forward to the salvation, I mean, to the coming of Jesus. Everything that you would expect in an ideal church, Paul describes it. And then you start reading on and you start hearing that in that same church, there is one brother that is sleeping with his father's second wife or stepmother. In that same church, there are people that are suing themselves in the public courts over trivial matters. In that same church, there are people that are eating meat that are sacrificed to idols and some of other people are thinking they are crazy to do that and things like that. There's all all sorts of divisions, all sorts of immoralities. There are people that are dressing like a lot why they are prophesying as women and all sorts of crazy things going on. Yet, Paul described this church as though it's the most perfect church ever. That is true of every local church. As long as indeed Christ is at the center, as long as indeed the gospel is taught, they obey the sacraments, and there is discipline in the church. By the way, those are the three standards that the reformers down the ages, in terms of the Reformation um, in church history, if you want to know a true church, you are looking for three things. One is the gospel taught there, two, do they obey the sacrament? And when we are saying the sacrament, basically the Lord's Supper and water baptism. And three is their church discipline. A church that has those three things is a church. But of course, when we begin to then zoom in into the details of what is the gospel that is being taught, then you can start seeing different other nuances and differences from what this church emphasizes over what that church emphasizes and things like that. But at the end of the day, the church is the church of Christ. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of Christ. And if he's resident in us, not only will he help us to choose a right when it comes to which church should I join it will also let you know if you need to move on from one place at a point in time or the other it's not your choice to make actually it's the choice of the spirit of God in you and it will let you know if you're in the wrong place Um, when I was finishing my NYC part of the questions I had for the Holy Spirit is the big question is what next I don't know where do I go from here but amongst that part of the baby questions was, which church should I attend? And it was crystal clear, the same church you've always been a part of, where your parents raised you. That was the one answer I was hoping I would not hear, but that was the one answer that the Holy Spirit gave me. And of course, ever since then, I embraced that for the season that I've been in since then till now. If tomorrow he says, okay, now I'm moving you onwards to do something else or whatever, here I am sending me. But in the meantime, Here I am, send me as
6: well.